Welcome to Seizure Salad, Fuster Cluck Epilepticus. A salty, slightly cynical conversation about epilepsy, neurological disorders, and occasional random tangents. Together, we explore the synaptic jolts that short-circuit one's world and the mental and emotional fallout that comes from them. And if that sounds heavy, don't worry. We don't take ourselves too seriously. And now, Seizure Salad with your host and electrostatic meat sack, Micah B-Sai. Welcome to Seizure Salad. I'm your host, electrostatic meat sack and lab rat, Micah B-Sai. And today, I'm joined by Mitch Tiger, fellow epileptic and old friend, coming back to join us and catch us up on what's going on in his world. There we go. Now I can hear you. <laughs> there you go. How you doing, Mitch? Good. How you doing, brother? Good, good. I think it was something in your sound settings or maybe your sound card or something. <laughs> yeah, well, after this, after this one, I'll go in and see uh, if we can fix that up and, and make that happen. I'm just, I got a whole new setup um i've been graciously adding bit by bit and now i have uh actually show you now i have a dual monitor set up now oh nice and uh i have a new computer coming here soon because my laptop can't handle what i'm doing anymore right um it just crashes on after effects constantly <laughs> <laughs> the only thing it will run is illustrator so i've been working on a lot on um we're getting ready to finalize some designs. I want to make some shirts, um, stickers, all, you know, all that kind of stuff. Uh, I'm really big on the, you know, what we're doing with Watts. Mm -hmm. um, we have a home base for it now. We're using Mighty Networks. Um, it gives a social area uh -huh. similar to Facebook, um, except that it's group focused. So you only see what's going on in your arena um so it's very yeah it's like a kind of more focused action oriented instead of just like going on and posting memes and stuff like that um yeah, and getting sucked into rabbit holes and things yeah exactly exactly yeah. and so uh it also lets you with that social arena also uh lets you do courses um and it lets you host live courses which oh, cool. um cool I'm really big on, um, you know, doing like taking a whole week and doing a theme, you know, and say, all right, this whole week, we're going to focus on rewriting our relationship to epilepsy. And that social aspect goes with it. You know, whoever's in that mastermind, it shows up regularly on your feed. Um, and so you're always connected with other people who are going through it as well. And so they can share, they can, you know, it's, it's all live. And then you can have the ability to record it. Um, and then you have that kind of as a package course, um, for anyone who wants to watch it later on. There you go. And, you know, I'm, I'm doing this, um, you know, I'm, I'm building it as a for-profit, um, but with a little bit kind of different mechanics in mind, because, you know, nonprofits, epileptics are so used to nonprofits, you know, it's, it's all over everywhere, which I have nothing against them at all. Like, you know, they have their place, they have their, um, they have the necessities for what some people need for sure. Um, but I think there's a gap right now and I want to be able to promote, um, kind of business epilepsy wise mm -hmm. and having and supporting one another in that way, Instead of just, you know, like, oh, I need these, need these things, um, 
you know, I need donations and stuff like that, which, you know, that's, that's reasonable for sure. But some of us, we still have the ability to do things, create things, you know, have the energy to do stuff. And so it's just that natural exchange. Um, but I want to build it in a way that like, let's say you buy my course, there's always a percentage that goes um, straight into a fund to where everyone has access to and everyone can vote on what that fund does. Okay. So if there's a certain member that needs something, you know, we can, you know, vote to send them the funds and it's all kind of, um, it's all, oh, it's the word I'm thinking of, not uh, unanimous, but um, it's all anonymous. Okay. Um, yeah. So, so you don't know who's like voting for what. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And it's not like, you know, it's, it's just on who to help or what to do and, um, or if there's a specific mission in mind. Um, a lot of mine is I want to, you know, once the main goal is to bring people through and to help their mental, physical and emotional well-being. You know, that's number one. That's what we're all here for. Um, and I have so many different things that it's just giant toolbox full of stuff that has helped me throughout my journey. And now to be able to come back and share it. Um, and doing it in a way that isn't just like pouring information down, you know, someone's throat. It's more in a way of walking on the path with that person. And when they run into something, you know, is to be a more of a guide and to say, okay, well, if you try it this way and give them different thought processes of, all right, this looks like a bad thing, but what if we can turn this bad thing into a great thing? Mm-hmm. And, you know, has not so many people get asked that, you know, you show up at a bad thing and someone's like, oh, I'm so sorry. You know, like, yeah, it's okay to be sorry, but that doesn't do anything for any of us. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Cause the people, you know, there's like the one thing that's hard is saying that like, this isn't for everyone, you know, like this isn't for everybody. I don't necessarily, um, promote that at all because the last thing I want to do is give things to someone that they're not ready to use. Um, Cause it's, you know, it's like having somebody drive a car that's not ready to drive a car yet. <laughs> like, right. There's time for that to happen. It's not, it's nothing wrong. Um, but it's a sense that you have to want it. You know, there's, this is a specific, I mean, what this is, is transformation and it's in its roots you're at a particular spot that you don't want to be at anymore. And now you're hungry enough to get to another spot, but you just don't know where that spot is. You don't know what tools you need to get there. Um, It's like learning how to climb. If you're afraid of heights and you try to force yourself to climb it, it's going to get weird, you know, like, yeah, sure. If you're going to, if you want to power through that, by all means, like I'm down for it, but, you have to want it. You have to want the top more than you want to feel afraid. Right. You know, and the fear is given and received, you know, fear isn't put on to you. No one can make you afraid unless you don't realize that, you know, you're the one that's drinking the fear. Yeah. But then, you know, you look at, you look at even fear, like fear is very useful. Um, it's in our DNA to, you know, fear gets you away from, <laughs> gets you away from the trouble physically, 
but we're so used to, you know, I mean, especially in the epilepsy world, like fear is always with us. Um, no matter who you are, like, it's not like, Oh, I'm fearless. Like, no, like the fear is there, but you can use it to build your awareness instead of using it to like, kind of go in that bubble, go in that cocoon, you know, yeah. you, you can yeah. wrap yourself in that fear and it can just constrict you. I, we've all been there and we'll all go there again because you never, you know, this is about the journey and that's what transformation is. It's, it's this unending journey of you getting better. Yes. And when you fall in love with the journey, instead of you're so, you know, desperately wanting that end point, you know, there's, there is an end point. We all have to go through it. It's called death. <laughs> it's, that's on down the road. You know, that's, that's a different, that's a whole different thing. And you realize that like fear is always roped into that, you know, once again, biologically, because yeah, we have to stay alive as a creature on this planet. Um, but it's when we wrap that in with other stuff of like, oh, if I don't do this or, oh, if I, you know, if I don't fit in or if I don't, you know, force myself to try to work through this job that I hate and I'm having seizures at the same time. And I'm just so like, oh, you know, and it's like what to do with that oh, energy, what to do with that fear building up and all this negative stuff. You don't run away from it. You use it. You know, right. it's very, very valuable. And people don't realize that because they're not taught, you know, and none of us really, really was. You kind of just have to, like, keep running into it a lot like I did. <laughs> you know, I don't know if I was stubborn or just, you know, gullible or what, but I just every time it showed up, I'm like, I don't know what it is, but I just got to go toward it. Yeah. And then I realized that like, that's what you're, you know, there's gold on the other side. You know, it's a, it's a facade. It's a, it's an illusion. You walk through the fear and the only thing that's on the other side of it is power and not that kind of power, but like ruling power. You know, that we get so kind of diluted with these modern words of power, but power yeah. is just that, that inner energy of knowing and that there's more love coming through than fear. Yeah, you could almost say empowerment in a way if you wanted to frame it that way. Yeah, and a lot of it's hard to because there's a lot of transformation coaches now and there's a lot of like, you know, they, everyone throws that word around like it's just, oh, just empowerment. It's like, right. no, that's that's motivation that you're using. You know, motivation goes away. You know, power kicks in when there is no more motivation. There is no more help. No one is coming no one, there is no, you know, there's nothing but you. Right. And power is the moment that you realize that that is enough. You are yes. enough. Yes. And then I think that that's the true off. definition of it. And that's probably the sad part of that word is that it's been so overused and whitewashed throughout the years that, that it's become just a catchphrase, like just about yeah. everything else in the self-help um, arena. So... Yeah. Yeah, they've lost it. But I like your I like your take on that. And you're right. You're right. I didn't start standing up and taking control until I realized that if I didn't, then I wasn't guiding my ship. And mm -hmm. so it's a very important thing to learn if you want to step through the fear. You you have to know this, that there's mm -hmm. something on the other side that's going to be a greater reward than anything that you're living with in the present. So right. 
Uh, real quick, real quick, Mitch. I, you know, there's probably a few folk who who have joined on in the family fuster cluck out there who are unfamiliar with our previous conversations. And yeah. I was thinking maybe we could do a real quick background and uh, introduce you real quick and catch people up. Mitch is a great guy. He and I have had some awesome conversations in the past. And uh, he has been through some crazy, crazy stuff, like a lot of us have in the epilepsy community. Yeah. Um, and he <laughs> does, and I think a lot of it has, has with your nature, just your nature in and of itself, but also a lot of your, your background has helped you develop this approach, this method and mindset that you have today that has uh, transformed and transmogrified into your baby, your, the, your mission. And uh, it's, uh, it's called Watts. Um, you mentioned it earlier in the show, and it stands for We of the Storm. And I'm going to let you catch us up to where we are now and uh, kind of describe this. And then after yeah. we get caught up to the moment, I'm really interested and excited for you to uh, hear about where you are now with, yeah. with Watson, with your own personal progress, man. Take it away. Awesome. Mitch Kiger, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, we are. Are you recording video as well? Um, yeah, but okay. I, I'm sorry, not. everyone. I have sunglasses on right now. There's a certain glare that's happening, so I'm like, not. I'm not trying to be the cool dude. I'm just. <laughs> I just want to be able to see the video. <laughs> the sun will go down soon. But um, yeah, Watts. Um, we have the storm. It is. Um, at its root, it's a network. Um. A network that already exists you know like we uh -huh. it it's a proclamation of we are of this storm we are a part of it it's us because it's powerful you know it's got the power to completely wipe out a human body <laughs> yeah and i think watts is taking that aspect of you have epilepsy and kind of throwing away that because epilepsy just seems like this third party it seems like something else is there, you know, like you have the flu, you know, this isn't something that we have. This is just our energy. This is how our energy is, you know, mine sometimes abrupts so hard that it has the ability to, you know, scramble a human brain <laughs> and that's okay. Um, does it feel okay? And all, is all this other stuff? No, it doesn't. It's a very wild aspect. And it's like trying to learn how to ride a wild dragon in a sense. Um, yeah. And so Watts focuses more on the person, you know, it's not how do we get rid of epilepsy? It's how do we empower each other more to be able to take positives out of it? You know, yes, we want there to be a cure. Yes, there's a lot of stuff on the medical side. And that's just the thing. There's lots of stuff on the medical side. There's lots of stuff on the doctor and the medication and all of that stuff. And there's less about the lifestyle side, our day-to-day, -day, our family, how people see us, the stigma, how we communicate. Do we hermit ourselves? Do we you know, are we overly protective? Are we, you know, there's just these different aspects of our lives that aren't really focused on, especially if you're newly diagnosed. If you're newly diagnosed, you don't, you don't, 
you don't know anything and you don't have the energy to really want to know anything. It's usually up to the parents. It's up to something else. And so this is here to be able to be that landing spot for someone that goes, what do I do? Um, as well as people who have had it for a while that are ready to go to that, you know, to that next level of like, okay, I'm tired of being the victim. I'm done playing the role of being a victim. What do I do now? How do I change this? Um, and transformation is my, that's my bread and butter. And that's what this is all about. Taking something from one thing, doing a process to bring it into something new, and then over and over and over and over and over and over again. You know, there's never, like I said before, there's never a place that you get to. It's just, it's learning how to key in that process and being able to ride that wave. Are you going to fall and are you going to fail? Yes, that's part of it. You must fail to grow. That's right. just there. <laughs> you know, the fear of failing, um, you start to lose once you see how valuable the failing is. And I think this is a network that is you're, you're free to fail. You're free to mess up. You're free to come in and ask any questions that you want possible, you know, from, from any aspect, nothing's dumb, nothing stupid, nothing is off course. It's a place to where if you're just having the most rowdy day ever, you can plop down and be like, I need help. <laughs> And receive help in a way that is powerful, yeah. you know, not just from me, but other people in the group, other people that are going through similar stuff. I mean, there's nothing more powerful than seeing someone else that's going through exactly what you are and then just communicating about it. Just mm -hmm. that little simple thing can do wonders, um, you know, because you don't a lot of the stuff in epilepsy, too, is that loneliness you feel so oh, yeah. alone all the That's time. Huge. Yeah. And there are places and support groups, but they're, you know, they're not everyone's taste because, you know, more so they're run by parents or they're run by people who are very overwhelmed um, themselves because there isn't much support and stuff out there. Um, there's really no place that says, okay, I'm going to treat epilepsy instead of this, like, Instead of using the stigma and being like, oh, this is that thing, you know, that thing that everyone knows that we're going to talk about and it's going to be this. Instead, we're going to look at it as um, purely you are coming here to transform and epilepsy is the exclusive club that gets you in here. You know, the, the knowledge information has been passed to me and I don't really want to make that prevalent. I've had a lot of, a lot of great mentors been a lot of great um, people from all different cultures, um, from the Maori from New Zealand to um, the Hawaiians. Um, I lived on Kauai for a while uh, to, I mean, the Southwestern Native Americans to, it's just like all over the place. Some, for some reason, life has given me all of these great mentors that I've, I've learned a lot from. Um, Taoist, Hindu, you know, monks from all different kinds. And I took all of the practices that each of them do and used what mostly specifically helped me with epilepsy okay. and reframing my mind to see it as this positive thing. 
And I think that's where, you know, that's the switch that I personally wanted. You know, transformation, you have to go for what you want, for what your heart desires. So we promote kind of any path. And this is more of I'm showing you the process of how um, you decide your why you decide everything else. I'm just there to guide you on that, to say, all right, I'm feeling anger. What do I do with it? I'm like, perfect. Anger is amazing. You know, like this is what we're going to do with it now. You know, if you and it's just like a recipe. You know, anger for me is the most useful aspect of getting yourself into transformation because it gets you out of the hole. You're feeling something, uh-huh. you know, if you've been depressed for so long and all of a sudden you feel anger, take that opportunity, you know, go with it, run with it, get all fire, you know, don't destroy your stuff, but <laughs> <laughs> have a space for it. And, you know, this is part of Watts that we teach that like, okay, when you're feeling angry, this is the process that you do. This is what you can use it for. You have these specific things to remind you that no matter what emotion you're in, you are not that emotion. You're just feeling that emotion. Right. You know, I am not anger. I just feel angry. And the knowledge of that is going to change instead of this like, oh, now I'm going to wait for this thing to change. So I'll feel better. Instead, it's like, okay, if it's going to change, I might as well use it while it's here. You know, use it and as a fuel. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, the phoenix doesn't rise, you know, sleepily. The phoenix rises. <laughs> there's fire. There's from the ashes. Right. And when yeah, you not see... from a pillow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's not, not hitting the snooze button like I do all the time. <laughs> but it's it's realizing, and that's why I like to bring it into elements. You know, um, to me, anger isn't anger anymore. It's fire. And, you know, to me, like sadness isn't necessarily sadness anymore. It's just water. And when you bring it to an element, just like how you would feel outside, you know, you're inside this night, you go outside and all of a sudden the wind hits you. Um, You know, I'm, you know, not, I'm not, you know, the wind, but I feel it. Same for emotions. Right. And when you can base them in your mind a little bit differently, they're very useful. And so what you would normally see this stack of negative emotions and feelings that you used to run away from. Now you see it and you're just like, Ooh, (laughs) this is amazing stuff. Because when you mix it, you know, you, you never want to, there's always those two pillars, you know, or what we call good and bad or, you know, light and dark, this and that. It's all part of the same thing. They all have the same chords. Mm-hmm. It's like a guitar, you know, each side has to be there for the chord to exist. And wherever you hold it at that particular side, that's the notes you're getting. And so there really is no like, oh, I'm feeling, you know, completely solidly one way. They're always playing in the middle. Yeah. And yeah. when you start to realize that, then you can start to learn the chords learn the tunes learn that oh if i'm feeling this way i can use it to be able to improve this in my life that in my life um or or just to feel you know like yeah um i've had some friends and stuff pass away um recently and it's just like sometimes you don't need to do anything else but feel right and and have respect you know it's just like 
two things that if you can just sit with for a moment, most of what you're feeling is going to work itself out. Um, and, you know, you always have that to where, you know, it's changing, it's changing. I'm in a storm, it's moving, everything is moving. And I can position myself. And, you know, just like if you're sailing in a storm, you can get through it. You just have to be at the right spots, the right time. (laughs) And know how to trim your sails, know how to adjust your rudder. Exactly. And I think that's at the core of it. That's what we of the storm is. Um, Nice. You know, I'm not, I'm a plethora of things, you know, a coach, a mentor, uh, you know, I, I am what I need to be in that moment for that person. You know, I'm very flexible. And that's basically, that's what I call a navigator. You know, I'm a navigator for that person. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not your captain. You're the captain. You tell me where you want to go. And I'll let you know the plane of how we can get there. You're going to have to sail the ship, but I'm going to let you know what it looks like. And eventually you won't need me anymore. And eventually you'll be teaching me. (laughs) And that's, that's kind of um, how it goes. And for whoever comes, you know, I want to, when this all goes on uh, social media and all that kind of stuff, the first, however many people that make up Watts, um, I'm basically just going to treat, I'm just going to (laughs) pamper. You are the, like, you're the core group. You're the OG group that help me help me start this as well as I'm going to help you in a sense. And I want to, even if it's, you know, one person, five people, 20 people, I don't really care in that sense. I'm going to give you everything, (laughs) you know, no matter how many people are there, I'm giving you 110%. So you're the only person there for the first month or whatever. Yeah. Jump in there. (laughs) Um, Undivided attention right there, man. Exactly. And I want to make it so, you know, there is going to be time on social media, but most of my time I want to spend in that group because that's where the focus is. Um, And the main things I have to share take time practice and they take um, a wanting Mm -hmm. and that's key. Lots of failures and lots of realizations and lots of all this other different things. Um, and so it needs, it needs to be in a space like that. Um, so it's not, like you said, you're not, there's not all this other stuff flying around. There's not, Ooh, I read a little motivational quote this morning. I feel good for five minutes and now I'm going to keep scrolling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, Shiny objects everywhere. Work. Yeah, that doesn't yeah. work. Well, and you bring up something too. You had, you had mentioned something a little bit earlier about other support groups. And um, I've, I've been in a few, you've been in a few, and, and, and they have their benefits. They definitely have their benefits. But what I've learned is that when you have a support group and you don't have a common vision or trajectory or you don't have a moderator, if there's yeah. no navigation in there, then a lot of times, more often than not, it seems, it devolves. It devolves yeah. into codependency and and caretaking. Yeah. Um, and what I mean by that is that that while it starts in a lofty goal, 
it just starts to sink down in the woe is me thing. And then it all of a sudden starts to become layer upon layer upon layer of a pity party. And, and empathy is great. Empathy is a very, very important thing that, that we need to have in this world, but it's very different than pity. And too many people confuse the two. Um, which it's understandable, you know, you see your loved one going through that much. Like, I think that's the understanding on the other side of it is like the people that have to watch us go through it. You know, I watched my brother go through it before I had epilepsy Mm -hmm. and there's just that, like, there's a lot of fear. You don't know that's your loved one. Right. But that's, I think the one thing they have to realize is like, that's yours, that relationship, that feeling that's yours. It's not theirs. They feel this, you know, they feel theirs, but you can't put your fear onto them because it, yeah, it makes it worse. Yeah. And, and it's hard not to do that because, mm-hmm. you know, it's a scary thing. And that does nothing to help them move forward um, in overcoming whatever is inside their head. And this doesn't just go along with epilepsy. This goes along with anything and yeah. everything in life. But we have a particular challenge, um, ourselves and other people with chronic conditions in life. There's you, you have to be very self-aware and very self-mindful and you got to take chances that the average Joe doesn't if you want to get out of it. And so this is what's very unique, um, that I appreciate about Watts of We of the Storm is that you have, it's a support group still where you're there for each other. But there's also a particular directive, and there's an expectation. I mean, I, sometimes people hate that word, but there's there's a particular expectation that you come along, and you're by coming along, you're implicitly agreeing that you want to change, you want to grow, you want to strengthen it, and you want to come to you want to come to a relationship with your epilepsy, and not just hide it in a closet, wish yeah. it away, or take the magic pill and it's all gone. Yeah. Or you, you know, chased by it and <laughs> feeling like you're getting hunted. You know, I, that's how I felt at first. It felt like this thing hunting me. Mm. It was like completely Like the specter, like the boogeyman, just waiting yeah. around the corner to jump on you anytime. And it's that thing where like you could never see it because it's always behind you kind of thing. I would just be like, oh, I'm like, this is it's just not helpful at all. You know, if I have to have them, I might as well try to figure out how to have them in the most, you know, in the most useful way as possible. Can it even be used as a useful way? That was my original question. Like, can this be useful at all? You know, if not cool, whatever year I am, but if it can, why not? And, Mm -hmm. um, it took, you know, took a lot of years to be able to like break it down of like, how how can it be used especially after a seizure you know you just feel so white um right but then even that you know like coming back after a seizure it's teaching you how to master the restart you know you have to restart everything so when i come back and out of a seizure i have a process visual you know i'm very sensory and i always kind of tell people this like don't you know, don't forget how powerful your senses are. So if you, when you come back, you know, don't try to do what you're doing before, you know, that's gone. You know, to me, that feels like 
thousands of years ago, even if I only have a seizure for like five minutes. Yeah. I come back and that's gone. (laughs) And so I used to get a lot of, you know, a lot of friction of like, I would come back up and I'd instantly try to go back to what I was doing. And like, you know, I'm like, Oh, I can't, you know, stop. And, um, you know, just be like, Oh, like running myself in the ground further. Like, you know, take, bring up another seizure and it's just messy. And, uh, but I realized, you know, like, okay, when I come back, I just have to start new, fresh, you know, what's my name? Where am I? What time is it? (laughs) What year is it? Cool. And then to realize how potent it is when you get that process right. Um, you know, I usually have something I look at to remind me, um, for me, it's on my arm, (laughs) tattooed. Um, but it's a, it's a sigil. You basically take, you take words of, um, of your mantra or a saying or something like that. And then you form those words into a picture. And so when you see that picture instantly, you know, you can reference it. You, You hear the mantra in your mind, you have that whole feeling. So it's just kind of an image that you look at to remind you that you're all right. It's good to restart your, you know, you get to start fresh and act like that. You just got here. You know, you've been gone a thousand years and you're back and you're back. You know, what do you want? You know, for me, I want a milkshake. (laughs) 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 That's one of my favorite things in the world. Like, you know, I want to go sit in the grass. I want to, you know, look at clouds and I just want to be quiet and giving yourself what you need after it. So you, then that starts to promote the restart. And even if I had multiple seizures a day, I do the same thing. Mm -hmm. I'm back. I'm back again. You know, you just, you learn how to keep doing it to where it's not this exhausting restart. Oh my God, I can't believe it happened again. All this. Cause for me, once I step out of that zone, once I'm out of that, you know, um, kind of that aura or out of the seizure, I'm out kind of the last thing I want to put on my mind after the seizure is the seizure, you know, yes. like when I'm out, I'm out. And I don't, I don't count the days of how long it's been since I've had my last one. I don't, I just don't, I don't like it's yeah. It's part of me now. It's not this third party. It's, it's in me. If I feel it 110% focus on it. When I go in my aura, I'm there. Yeah. You know, I don't run from it at all. I'm completely in it. I don't, everything else doesn't matter. I'm focused on my breath. I'm focused on my physical, you know, I get really like focused on my physical stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can focus on being here. And my number one thought is get somewhere safe. Yes. Yeah. You know, whoever I was talking to, I don't care. If somebody's in my way, excuse me. <laughs> like, they'll be okay. They'll find out eventually. And it's not going to matter afterwards. And so I just get somewhere safe. How's my breath? And if I make it somewhere safe, cool. If I don't, then I, you know, that's another day. And, um, but when I'm in it, I am in it. And then same when I'm out, I'm out. And that's my personal relationship with it. Because then it's not, 
it used to be vice versa. You know, if I felt it, I would run away from it. I'd run, no, 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 no. And it would just like get worse and worse, worse. And it'd just be like this enveloping, like, oh. And then when I, after I had one, I would be all for, oh, I had one, all this. And then now I have to do this. Now, oh, if I have another one, and it would just stress me out. And then, and everybody lead to, you know, probably having another one. Um, yeah. My sleep being messed up or whatever it was. And so I just changed those. I changed those two things. And epilepsy now to what it was before is, is, is a completely different animal feeling. I had a seizure a couple of days ago and um, it was just this, it was a light one, you know, only got the back of my tongue a little bit. I mean, the tongue stuff always sucks, yeah. um, but it was just part of my day you know it wasn't like oh felt it this and that get to the bed get safe move my glasses so i don't break them this time you know and a lot of people don't get that luxury you know a lot of people have the instant ones which you know yeah. i have um simple and complex partial seizures that can uh, that will evolve into grand malls so okay you know i'm very aware that everybody else has has different kinds some you know like my brother he's instant he doesn't get that like before time um, but the after is very similar with all of us, you know, that coming out and, you know, if you don't have the opportunity to adjust yourself going in, at least start to practice a different way of coming out. Yes. And, um, cause it will, it does change your mind. And, you know, at first it feels like you're telling yourself kind of, you know, kind of bullshit, you know, like, Oh, I, you know, I, I'm going to focus on what I love here. And it's like, I don't love anything here. This sucks. <laughs> you know, like, oh, I feel awful. I threw my back out. Like, I don't even want to be here anymore. And so it kind of feels like this imposter syndrome, you know, like, I do not feel powerful whatsoever. Um, and that's okay. That's going to happen. Mm -hmm. You know, that still happens. Um, but it's not it's not tuning into that too hard that can be there. That can play in the background. Just don't put all your focus and your energy on that. Don't hold on to that. You know, that's yeah. why you look at, you know, the sigils or the images or your mantras or something that brings you back on, on track. Right. And it, and yeah. it's not necessarily a bad thing to feel like an imposter here and there in the early and especially in the early times when you're learning how to do this, um, because I take it to an analogy of, of, you know, you're playing football and you're a rookie and you just get, get hit hard by a linebacker while you're trying to run her out and you don't want to get back up. You're hurting yeah. so bad. And this yeah. guy just pummeled you and smothered you all over the turf and you're going to get up and you're going to go like this and you're going to look at that guy and go, I'm fine. But that guy just rung your bell like no other motherfucker, right? <laughs> yeah, but yep. but you keep doing that over time, and you're mm -hmm. no longer the imposter. Mm -hmm. You keep doing that over time. And it's because the imposter syndrome in a lot of ways, in, in most cases, um, it's just in your head. It's yeah. just you doubting yourself. Yeah, and it's you another form of fear. other people's doubts. When yes. we were little... People told us we couldn't do stuff because they couldn't uh -huh. or they didn't believe they could. And so we download that so much to where we get here and like, 
well, now I have this, I can never do that now. You know, whatever those two things may be. And we just put that on ourselves. Um, you know, like when people always told me of like, like when I first would tell them like, oh yeah, I have epilepsy and this and that and chat with them about it. And, um, and I would be traveling somewhere by myself or I would be, you know, we'd be sitting in the middle of the, you know, the desert or something. And <laughs> they're like, you know, how do you do this? How do you do that? Like, don't you like, I don't, you know, they just didn't understand whatsoever. And I was like, um, like I just did, like, I just do, I don't know. Like, this is what my heart tells me to do and I wouldn't be anywhere else. So this is what I do. And I don't really listen to that stuff that says, what if, because my, the biggest fear I have is not doing anything. Yes. <laughs> that terrifies me. And yes. Yes. You know, I can't, I just can't like not, it's just something that's built in me that just, if I see an opportunity and if it's so scary and if it just looks like there's just like all these different variables, I have to go. Like that's how I got here. Yeah. You're one of the people who runs to the danger. You're one of those guys. (laughs) It's life, you know, and you getting right with that takes, and it's a process. I didn't just grow up like that. You know, when I was little, I was afraid of everything. You know, I was, I would fall down and hit my knee. Ah, oh, my life is over. You know, you ask my mom, you got so many stories and just, you know, over-exaggerated and all this other kind of stuff of being like overly afraid. And yeah, when I was growing up, I just like, in me, I'm like, I don't want to be that way. And so, yeah, I had to go through that imposter, imposter syndrome. And it, then it got to the point to where, oh, I thought I was still kind of afraid of stuff. And then I realized what I was doing, the stuff I was doing. Um, and I was like, oh, I guess, I guess that's not a thing anymore. Yeah, I guess like I want to do this stuff now. <laughs> I want to jump out of helicopters. I want to, you know, like swim in the ocean with, you know, probably things I'm not supposed to be swimming with and <laughs> jumping off of high cliffs that I'm not supposed to be jumping off of. <laughs> yeah. And that was my, you know, that was my freedom. That was my way of tasting life to fall in love with it again. Um, after epilepsy, it took everything. It took my career. It took, you know, everything. My whole life was just gone. Right. And I was having seizures like crazy. I had no purpose. I was the most depressed I've ever been where it's just like I kept sleeping, wishing I didn't wake up, you know, that's the only thing I had in me every day. And, um, and then one day I got really mad. I got really angry. <laughs> that's why I say now it's use that, um, use it intelligently as intelligent as you can being that angry, but you know, I just couldn't take it anymore. Um, and I was like, I gotta do something. I gotta do something drastic. You know, and, and that's me personally. I'm not telling anyone to go out and make drastic decisions. It's on you. Your decisions are yours, but I make drastic decisions. <laughs> and so I packed up all my stuff and I drove across the country and went to Colorado. Um, and I remember driving and leaving and like, you know, my truck's packed to the brim. Um, only enough for me sitting there. I'm just crying. You know, I'm leaving everything I knew. And driving across to a place that I've never been. Um, and 
halfway through that drive though, it was just this like feeling of this is like, I have no idea what's going to happen. No idea, no clue of anything from this moment into my, you know, into my future. And I fell in love with that feeling. You know, I'm like, I am not certain about anything. And this is great. (laughs) And when I moved to Colorado to college and stuff of that, and life started to become more and more condensed again, like, okay, you're a student and this is what you do now. And I was living out of my truck. I I have seizures in my truck in the middle of winter and have to scoot myself out of it, slide all the way down to class. And I was miserable. (laughs) And I was like, okay, I need one of those, need one of those big, you know, changes again. And I decided to leave school. Um, And I went to the mountains, uh, a place called Crestone. I think we've talked about this before. Yep. uh, Where there is. I love that place. Oh man. And there's, anyone that doesn't know there's every single kind of religion and spirituality has a temple out there, you know, um, Christians, Christian monks, um, you know, Hindus, Taoists, I mean, you name it, they're out there and they all intermingle and they all, and and there's one bar in the whole place, you know, there's one restaurant in the whole place. And I swear that's where all bar jokes are born. Priest and a rabbi walk into that every night (laughs) And, but that place kind of awakened my, oh, there's so much more knowledge out there than what they teach you in, you know, in school. And that kind of knowledge is what I wanted, you know, whatever it was that they do, I wanted to do. And from that moment until, you know, until now, that's when I went on this big journey that spanned, you know, 18 different states, one different country. And I just stayed in that state of, I didn't know what was going to happen next, but I'm just going to keep rolling with it. <laughs> and I did that for like six years. And, um, through all of that and through all the knowledge I've learned through that, I mean, just traveling alone, those parts of it and being epileptic, like the lessons I learned, you know, through that. And those are some lessons you can't really get unless you're willing to do some, you know, wild stuff like that. Like there have been so many times when I probably almost lost my life just trying to sleep somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, I've woken up after grandma's seizures hanging off the side of a boat before and just like, you know, there it is. There's death right there. I can touch it. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I, you know, and death terrifies people, which, you know, sure. (laughs) But I had to make it into my best friend because I knew it was always going to be there. It was always going to be around. And if I was going to be afraid, then nothing of what I was doing was going to be worth it. Yeah. Um, And so I had to find a way to like, how do you befriend this thing that is so ominous until you realize that that thing isn't really ominous at all. It's death is the like champion of transformation. It literally transfers, like, it does it in front of our eyes, you know? It takes something out of something else and turns it into, like, you know, whatever whatever it may be, whatever you may believe in, there is a, you know, it transforms it. You can't destroy energy, you know? Right. Nothing just goes away. Merely, so, merely converted from one form to another. Right, right. Yeah. And um, I was doing a ceremony once in the desert, um, well... It was kind of half desert and um, 
in Colorado. And um, we were there with uh, a couple of natives and a couple of, of others who so got invited out there and we did a uh, San Pedro ceremony. And when I went into that, that's when I met death um, in a forum. You know, I walked out away from everything else and full moon that night too. It was a beautiful night. Um, and I went and sat on a rock and I just like walked out and it was just, everything was dark besides the moon. You're in the middle of this forest. And so, you know, of course, like your senses are awake and you just feel that kind of fear. And I was like, all right, go until you feel the most fear and then sit down. And then, so I walked and walked and I was just like feeling it, feeling it. I feel the most fear. And I sat down on that rock. I just took a deep breath and I was like, all right, what am I so afraid of? And I just had this feeling of this, this deep vastness thing sitting next to me. And it was just having that conversation with death in a way that wasn't, you know, wasn't this like Lord of the Rings type conversation you think you're going to have with something. It was just like a normal conversation of just like, I'm like your best friend that comes and picks you up when you're done. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, okay. That doesn't seem too bad. And like, that's the relationship I started to develop with it. Like you're my best friend that comes and grabs me when I'm done. And you know, when I'm done, I don't, that's fine. So, and that allows me to live. That allows me to focus on life. And, you know, I don't go out on these big journeys and everything, just, just going out. Like there's a process, you know, the people who I travel with know what to do. The people around me always like, I freely talk about it. Um, even the new people I meet, some people try to hide it. I'm, I'm the exact opposite. Cause the more people I talk to about it and the more they hear a different dialogue about it, mm -hmm. that's how we can change stigma. Yes. You know, yeah. Putting everything out there on social media and stuff, they're used to it. They'll, they'll glaze over it. They don't even see it anymore. You know? And yeah. Some people may see it if they know someone else with epilepsy. Cause that's what, you know, everyone always said, Oh, I know somebody else with it. Have you tried CBD? Like <laughs> <laughs> always. Every and so time. I tell them, I'm like, you know, when you ask people that, that have epilepsy, it pisses us off. And they're like, oh, really? Because they don't know, you know, they don't know. And so I, you inform them, you tell them why. And, and then you tell them, you know, tell them a story or two. Tell yeah. them what it feels like. And you're open about it like that. They, they want to open up more and then they ask more questions. And then it becomes this, you're having a conversation to where, they're not seeing you as the victim anymore. They're giving you respect. Right. And when you feel respect, that has a whole different vibe when you're sitting together like that because they're seeing you for a person. They're not seeing you for an epileptic. Yes. And when that happens, stigma changes. That person will go and if they meet another epileptic, they'll treat them with respect. You know, and... um I think it comes, that stigma starts with us. We get rid of that stigma with us. We get rid of it with them because yes. they see us in a different, whole different view.
And, you know, I don't shy away from it. I, cause it's kind of a pride. Like, you know, I get up and do what you do. And I woke up this morning in a pile of my own blood and I still did what you do. <laughs> and I work two hours more. Like, you know, there's just this little pile of like, we chose life on hard mode. Give yourself yeah. respect for that. You know, this isn't, yes, our previous lives were taken from us. There is things that we can't do and some things we can't experience, but you know what? This is what we got. And if this is what we got, it's not only making the best out of it, but utilizing, utilizing it to the point to where it's satisfying. It's, it's more satisfying to get respect from the things you've been through than someone going, oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, God, you know? yes. God, yes. It doesn't do anything for us. It repels me. If somebody comes at me with victims, I'm out. I'm, no, I'm good. I just, uh-uh. It's not, like, we all know. We are all sorry for each other. It's, that's just how it is. Like, yes, I feel bad for you. I don't have to keep telling you that over and over again. Because we know we all feel shitty for one another. You know what the sorriest thing about this is, sir? When people like you say, I'm so sorry. Yeah. That's the sorriest fucking thing about it. Yeah. I know. And it's just so, like, and it makes it even more demeaning of like, ah, and it like thinks, I guess, but that didn't do anything. Instead of somebody saying, you know, like going through all this and stuff, to be like, you know what? mad props to you because you're still here Mm -hmm. like i can't imagine going through that and i see you go through it and i fucking give you respect because you know and whatever you need i'm here kind of thing because that's what you do for someone you respect yeah and you know like i go i climb uh, i do rock climbing and stuff like that and the guy who i climb with he um, just became an instructor and so i was working with him on you know, what we do in case I have a seizure on the wall, you know, and I train him, you know, I'm seizure first aid. Um, and it's this fact that like, not only should you tell somebody else, but you should, you should train them, you know, especially your friends, especially people who are with you because then they don't feel that fear of like, Oh, what happens if we take him with us and something, you know, this and that, where vice versa, I know if I go to a show with my friends and I have a seizure, I know I'm protected. I know they're not going to let an ambulance take me. I know that <laughs> it's very useful to have friends that know what to do around you. Um, and so, yeah, train them and do it in a way that is you're training them. And it's not this demeaning thing like, oh, well, when I do this, you know, like do it in a way where it's like, yes, I have seizures and that's all right. And if you don't want to be a part of it, that's fine. Yeah. You know, like I know for a fact that if I'm out with any of my friends, I'm safe. Mm -hmm. Um, Same thing with my caving. I know now I can't go too deep into a cave because it's a matter of putting them at risk for rescuing me if things, you know, but there's, that is one of those, like you were saying before, there are certain things that we may or may not be able to go Maybe able to right. do it to a certain level, but maybe not the extreme level that we used to. Right. But God bless my 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 caven buddies. It, it's the same thing like what you're talking about. Um, they stepped up 
they stepped up and said, what can we do to help you get underground again? What do I need to know to make you safe so that we can go back out and play? And when you have that, then you, because of friends like that, I've been able to get back on the river, rafting, kayaking, yeah. paddleboarding. I've been able to get back on a snowboard again. You know, I've been able to backpack again for a night or two, you know, and maybe not the Colorado trail like I did 20 years ago, but right. that's not impossible. Right. Um, yeah. And I've even been able to go caving, um, you know, not to the depths as, as I did before the epilepsy fully broke through, but I can still do it. And I've mm -hmm. got a crew that understands, that supports me. And like you said, it was, it wasn't this pity thing like, ah, it was like, cool. It's just a seizure. It's not, yeah, it's not going to, it's not going to destroy you. It's not going to break you. We've seen you come out of these before. So we know that this is, this is what happens. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's sometimes if, if, if other friends and even family members could take on that approach, then, then other aspects of your life could even be that much better. Yeah. Um, but that's also on us. That's also on yeah. us to be very patient and to do the best we can to help them understand the how to the why. Totally. And yeah. I think that's why we need that support within like, you know, Watts is trying to develop that way. We have more energy to be able to show them in that way. Cause if they're the only people we're around and it becomes this, like, I don't know, like, Oh, I need a break from that. Or like, Oh, I got to, do this and that and kind of like tiptoe my way around certain things and mm -hmm. you're just too tired to even like deal with any of it but if you have more energy and support from within this that gives you a process of how to communicate with them in a manner that's more you know more powerful more in a stance that they can see that they can let you kind of do it yeah. You know, yeah. when you come in at them like, like that, instead of, you know, like, yeah, you see me wore out, you see me this and that, like a smile on my face. And you realize that, like, okay, you got it. Like, I got it. <laughs> uh -huh. It uh -huh. sucks. Yes. It sucks yes. right now, but I got it. You but know, I got you it. Don't, you know, I'll ask you or I'll tell you if I need anything. If not, business as usual. Mm -hmm. and now there's a but there's a lot of, and this of is where watts comes in this is where we of the storm can come in um to play here because not everybody has number one not everybody has friends that are um super understanding up front like boom we understand what's going on number two a lot of people don't have those yeah. tools a lot of people you and i are very similar um in the sense that it was like when this shit happened it was like this is me this is what's up and the only way your mind, your mind is going to change if I, is if I talk for other people who go through this shit because they're afraid to talk about it yeah. for themselves. And what We of the Storm helps people to do is to develop those kind of skills and the fortitude, kind of strengthen the foundation and the rock on um, of you, the individual, so that you have those kind of skills to be able to approach the people in your life and help them understand how to help you or even let you be and know that know when to do which yeah 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 exactly you know and that's that's my main thing because when i come out of one i just don't want to i don't have the energy 
or the words or even the want. I just want to look at the clouds. (laughs) I don't really want to get into into anything or, and, or, I mean, sometimes I come out motivated. I come out of one and I tell myself that like thousands of other people just came out of theirs same moment I did. So I got to get back to work. Yeah. Yeah. I got to make this available. So I'm not the only one that has this, you know, it's mm-hmm. where, um, I like yeah, what you I said mean, there too. You, some days yeah. you just want to stay in the clouds and some days you come out and you're ready to, to run a 500, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And let yourself, let yourself be okay with either one or anything that you feel when you come out, you know, like That's obviously, key. Like I have to tell myself, like, don't go too hard because yeah, my energy is still this and that play it reasonable, play it smart, but also, yeah, let yourself, let yourself do it. Um, and if it's, yeah, I mean, when I came out and I had my face smashed open and everything, um, it's like one of the first things I did, I came back in and just started typing away at a lesson bleeding on the side of <laughs> <laughs> that was a that was a good looking scar too. I saw that one. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, that was that one was fun. I got a new pair of sunglasses out of that one. <laughs> I got prescription sunglasses and stuff. I broke them. I had warranty, and I'm like, man, every time I need a new pair of sunglasses, I should just <laughs> just break up and go get new ones. <laughs> uh, Sweet. And, and yeah, a lot of people try to hide it. Uh, I'm like, oh no, I don't want somebody to see my face messed up. It's like show it cares you know like get used to it in a sense that's like and if you don't want to like but do it do what you want to do be free about it because at the end of the day you know what i always tell myself inside of a seizure am i thinking about what anyone else is thinking about no (laughs) i'm trying to focus on staying here there everywhere and um and in that world to me to me, epilepsy shows you everything that actually matters in a sense. It shows me that it makes it very, very clear that all of this is in your mind. Because um, when your mind starts to go, this starts to go. And it makes it, and, and that's like one of the most potent kind of lessons that, you know, monks learn and different people that, you know, do lifetime retreats learn of like, you know, this is a mental world and we can extract those same lessons out of stuff like seizures. Um, we don't have to go out and meditate our entire lives. Right. We just come back from one seizure and, you know, it starts to make you realize some things. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's the same kind of mindset of, you know, there's a lot you can learn by jumping into the ocean at night. <laughs> You're mainly going to learn a lot about yourself <laughs> through that process. Yeah. And it's something that, yes, it's still scary. It's still, um, it's still overwhelming. Uh, it doesn't feel good, but that's why I think it's so powerful because it gets you back in that moment of, you know, what's real. And my perception of reality, it's like a big reminder, you know, of like, 
you know, this is in a cup. This is a whole bunch of different molecules spanning together to make it look like a cup. Because <laughs> when I have partial seizures, I can see that. I see each individual thing and, you know, kind of moving around. Right. And you're like, wow, just that knowledge alone, you know, I got to go sit down and think about life for a while. And then it just keeps going and going to where, you know, you never, like I said, it's all about the journey. You never get there. There is no, you know, this big, there are aha moments along the road, but there's, it's continuous, you know, explore. Um, there's so much to explore just within your own facet of your own mind. And, you know, a lot of times when, when I couldn't travel or when I couldn't go anywhere at first, um, I mean, I was just meditating constantly because it was a way out in a sense or, yeah. Later down the road, I figured out it was the way in. Um, and it's bringing along just doing things differently than you've done before. Because if you keep coming out of seizures and you keep, you're just having this whirlwind of a path and there's no direction to it, and you're just feeling all these different types of ways all the time, it's just so, it's not worth it. It's just not worth it. It's not worth your time not worth your time you're way much you know one of the thing big things about watts is i believe there is so much untapped potential inside of somebody that they don't know that sleeps dormant within them their real power their real influence their real you know whatever they truly are you know i believe this yeah i mean some people it's not dormant obviously but it's there's this untapped potential that I think lives within each person that has um, these types of conditions because it's not making you weaker. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And when you realize how much opportunity you have with it and, you know, those negatives that you can take advantage of to make moments and the great moments, uh, yeah, I mean, life can be life can be way different, and it would be you making it different. You know, I think that's where I, what I really want to dig into Watts is that you are doing this. I'm providing the space and the you know this whole thing, the direction and navigation, like you said. But it's very adamant that you are doing this. <laughs> you know, like it's when you're letting somebody go on the bike and they're riding, but they don't realize you've let go yet. And they turn around and you're just like way back there and you're like, you got it, you got it. <laughs> and um, yeah, then we try more and more stuff and, and it's not this, you know, I still fall all the time. I still get, you know, I still have my dark moments. I still have these things, but they don't loom around anymore. They're not here for months, you know, they're here for hours yeah or maybe and because you you're chasing it you know you're like what you know what am i not seeing what are some negatives that are there but i'm not like physically looking at because i know that these are little things that are going to get me somewhere else or get me a boost and especially if you're like have a law period where you're just like not sure what to do just <laughs> Every day is kind of blending into the same day. Like, yeah, that's that's a dangerous spot to be in for anybody. Um, right. 
because this is life you know we got one opportunity one shot at it and we're not alone there's millions of us and I kind of want to ask the question of like you know what happens if some of us get together and meditate and use the energy that we have and can we do anything with it <laughs> right you know, it's just it's a lot of energy going through like can you direct it can you move it can you you know and it's just all these questions that we don't know I like it's just that. the freedom you know like if nothing then nothing but until then like you know why not <laughs> why not why not if, try if to nothing, find out? that's fine at least we've removed a question mark from from right. the universe there exactly and because my first question to myself was, can I use this in some way to promote my life? You know, can this be some way where I can use this? And, you know, that's when the kind of beginning ideas of Watts were starting to come through my mind. Because obviously, like, if I'm going to use it, like, I might as well use it to help other people. Um, if I can figure out how to help myself. And, uh, yeah, it's gotten to that point. And now... Um, Basically, all it's going to take is waiting for my computer to get here, obviously. Yeah, that's a good thing. Laptop can't handle the editing right now. (laughs) (laughs) But after that gets here, um, my main focus is going to be on making a basic course. Okay. Um, Making that first course, that first step of kind of the outline of here are the main tools that we use. Here are... um, it's kind of the baseline like no matter what we do it always reverts back to these things and a couple of those things this is to my sick kids time to put this shit get the coat adderall written in sticks i don't give a fuck what you're writing to the sentence on use it as a weapon when it's said and done it's all too much said it's all too much said it's all too much and if the world breaks your legs you go and beat it with your crutch it's all too much